Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their online store at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash hopcloth, or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from the Boise, Idaho area, and my partner in craft from Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm going to disappoint Amanda because I'm not sick. Oh, uh, excellent. So, you know, got that going for me. Well, good. But, uh, yeah, had a fun day playing in the pool with the boys, so. Oh, Nice. Nice. So it's pool weather. You guys have a pool? Yeah. Man, it must be great to be brewery owners. <laughs> <laughs> Living a life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will not have a pool once we have our own place. So. Okay, no problem. Well, that's great. I'm glad the weather is good enough to go enjoy swimming in a pool and having a good pool day. And that you're not sick and you're not going to be sniffling and and trying not to uh, cough in the mic the whole show. So that's fantastic news. I, I take it you've been taking a lot of medicine since our last recording. A lot of that beer drinking going on? Oh, uh, a touch. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. good. <laughs> All right, well, good. Well, let's, let's go ahead and get right into the show. And before we get into the meat of the... The show. Let's go ahead and just explain what Tap to Craft podcast is all about to any new listeners out there who are joining us for the first time. So, Tap to Craft podcast is an educational podcast, and we focus around celebrating all things craft beer. And we want to help people along in what we call their craft beer journey. We want to help you go along and find all that great craft beer out there. We're going to help you do that. And you're listening to episode 75. We're recording on Sunday, June 4th, 2017. And in this episode, we will be discussing the Trek Brewing updates and their patio project Indiegogo fundraiser, as well as a new brewery startup section discussing permitting and licensing. Sounds like fun. And if you heard that in the background, that is a storm coming in through my area. So hopefully I won't lose power in the middle of this show. That would be bad. Also, we have uh, a special tasting segment that we are going to be doing some Sawtooth Brewery beers on the show. Uh, we were lucky enough to have them contact us and send us some beer to go ahead and do some tasting notes on on the show. So we'll be doing that in, in two different segments uh, during the show. So that'll be fun. And, of course, John is going to be providing us with a Check It Out segment reviewing the UKEG Growler system. So I look forward to hearing about you know, he's been waiting for this UKEG for a, a number of years, and now it's finally here. I'm excited to hear about it and, and share it with our listeners. As well as you can count on John and I having some great beer conversation and laughs. 
So before we get in to more of this beer discussion, we need to make sure that we are drinking some good quality craft beer. So John, what are you drinking tonight? So I'm starting out with uh, our Sawtooth Sunnyside Session Wheat, and okay. uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. Okay. So I'm going to... I'm going to hold back for the tasting. Well, good, good. I don't want so. you to spoil it for our listeners and give up all the good, you know, tasting notes right in the beginning. So, good. Thank you for, for slowing down. I'm I'm drinking the Mother Earth Cali Cream and Cream Ale. I think it's the same thing I was drinking last episode for the show when we started out because I can't get enough of this beer. This is a great summer beer, so I, I'm telling everyone, go out and grab this cream ale. It's, it's my favorite cream ale. And I think yeah, it's folks a, are gonna folks are gonna start thinking you have a sponsorship or something there. No, no, no. <laughs> but hey, if Mother Earth wants to be you know partner up with us and provide us with some of this great cream ale like all year round, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. So you know you were you were kind of under the weather last show, last couple shows actually. By any chance, did you make it out to do some fun or just maybe? You know, some kind of beer-related activity, either visiting a new brewery or, or a festival or anything? Nope, nope. I've been pretty boring. Uh, got healthy and then worked on brewery stuff, which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Uh, so I haven't really been able to, to get out and explore much. So Okay. But, uh, yeah, I do I do have a, uh, a Ohio Craft Brewers Association meeting tomorrow that I'm going to over in Dayton. So. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. All that'll right. Be, that'll be fun. Yeah, that would be that would be so, fun. I, I look forward to hearing how that goes, and and uh, everyone's probably going to be excited to hear about what your plans are. Are you are you introducing the brewery to them, or just going to the meeting and sitting back and listening? Um, no, I introduced the brewery to folks uh, in February at the state conference. Okay. Um, so I've met a whole bunch of folks there now, and now Kristen will get to meet them. She gets to tag along this time. So. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, it'll be good. Okay. So how about you? Uh, you know what? It was going to be just like you and say no all the way up until Thursday. And then Thursday started a three-night-in-a-row fun beer-related activities with some great people. Uh, the first one started out on Thursday night. Uh, my buddy Alex, uh, he's from Israel. He's here. He, you know, He's now working here in, in the Boise area with me. And we you know we go out and have some great beer fun, and he always brings back some great Israeli beers. But he had a birthday, and when he was on his birthday, he was not here, so we couldn't celebrate his birthday on his birthday week, which was last week. Instead, we surprised him with a get together at Payette Brewing on Thursday night, and so we had a fun time drinking some some good beers and having some good laughs, and that just started off the weekend a little early. Beer drinking Thursday started off. You know, I, I wish I didn't have to go to work the next day, but we did. Then, Friday after work, we got together at Alex's house to go ahead and share some of those beers that he brought back from Israel. And he always brings back, you know, craft beer when he comes, you know, goes and comes back. And we had another great time with some friends. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a late, I don't stay up late. I go to bed at 9, 9.30 because I'm an old, old man and I need to get my rest. But we were up until 1.30 just you know drinking and having a great time and just you know laughing and and just i don't know it was just a fun time but guess what it didn't stop then you would think after two nights in a row of going out and having fun time with my buddy Alex and and, and Nikki cuz she was with us on Thursday also and and Friday i got together with those two again with my wife and we went to go see Wonder Woman last night the movie 
And why is this beer related? Because we accidentally got the VIP tickets, which are for 21 and over. And this is like a special section above the regular theater where you have nice big love seat type uh, seating and you get served alcohol. So we got to enjoy some nice craft beer and watch the movie without all the kids and stuff down below. We were in our own little private area and had a, another fantastic time. And then we didn't stop there. After we did, well, we did dinner before, then we did the movie, and then we went out to the Growler guys in Meridian and had several beers to top off the night. And again, we didn't get home until about 11.30 last night. So that's like three nights in a row that I was out late having fun and drinking with my friends. And that's what it's all about. It's about taking the time to have some fun. So, John, keep that in mind. Remember, even though you're working hard trying to start this brewery, don't forget to go have some fun, too. Yeah, I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that you're going to be drinking a lot of your own beer, but you need, you need to go out and try out some of those other breweries in your area, too, because you have a lot of, of, of breweries right in the Columbus area. So I'd love to hear about you know some of those breweries as well as your own beer, but, you know. I don't want yeah. you to get tired of just drinking your own stuff. I won't. Well, if, if I do, then I'm I'm not brewing it right. All right. So, talking about the brewery, what do you have to update on Trek Brewing? I know that there's a lot of activity going on. Your Twitter, your Facebook, and your Instagram has just been blowing up in the last two weeks. So, why don't you fill us in on all the activities? I don't think there's really been much. <laughs> um <laughs> I thought about saying there was nothing just to upset you mm-hmm. <laughs> with having no update, but I've decided I'm not going to disappoint you this week. Okay. Um, but yeah, this this past week has been very busy. Uh, we signed on for our construction contract. We had nailed down the plans and the budget and everything. And uh, and then this past Thursday was a really big day because they they dropped off the dumpster so we could get started in in the in the brewery. Oh, cool. We, we closed on our loan, our business loan. Um, and we launched the Indiegogo all on that same day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a, a really big, big day. Um, we're really excited to have the, the loan closed and, and behind us now. Uh, you know, it was a lot of paperwork and everything leading up and thinking we had everything in. And then we have, four more forms to fill out and you know that all kinds of stuff they we needed to provide and so that's done now we can just move forward and focus on getting everything ready um so we we had the demo and uh got in there um with my brother and one of his friends and we pulled out the the lowest of the ceilings in the uh kitchen area that's going to be become the brewery um, they have like a double drop below the the main uh, or below the roof of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pulled out the lowest one, um, and we'll have to we have to uh, unhook some stuff and before we can move forward with uh, clearing out the rest of it. So we got to make sure you know, we don't shock ourselves when oh, we yeah. start a fight, which yeah. would not be good. <laughs> um, but uh, that's that's progressing, so that's good. Um, and then, yeah, the Indiegogo, uh, which we launched for our our patio. So mm-hmm. we're we're trying to put a patio outside um, of the brewery, and uh, so far it's it's gone pretty well. Um, we're 
just shy of 40% of the goal. We're currently sitting at, uh, let's see, $5,775 of our $15,000 goal. That's great. It's, um, only, it's only been four days now, right? Three days, four days? Uh, yeah. So if, if you want uh, some Trek Brewing swag, you know, um, you can head on over uh, to Indiegogo to search Trek Brewing. It'll pop up. Um, I'm sure we can stick a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can go to our Twitter or Facebook. It's been plastered there for the last four days. So, um, but yeah, we've got some T-shirts, glasses, uh, tin signs, hat. Um, if you're near Ohio or want to come out, we've got a uh, patio party that we're doing. You can be a brewer for the day. Um, host a party at our place. Name a fermenter. Yeah, so, yeah. Name the fermenter. None of those. None, none of those have been uh, taken yet, have they? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw some some people commenting about uh, some names. What was the one that uh, that Travis? was talking about on Twitter. I think, uh, for many McFermit face or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little play on the Bodie McBoat face or whatever they had for the British, uh, naming the, the ship. That was kind of, yeah. So I, I like the, uh, yeah. that, that, yeah. Thing. We, and, and we actually had in our, in our write up for it that we, we know you can do better than tanky McTank face. So let's see. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I'm pretty excited. I, I've actually, you know, done two two actual uh, donations to that India Gogo already. I wanted to get the the early bird, uh, you know, shirt, glass, and hat prize uh, or perk, and I also wanted to get the tin sign. Uh, I love tin signs, and I thought, what a great what a great looking tin sign that I could hang on my office wall to support uh, the brewery. And so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. So I urge all of our listeners to go check out the Indiegogo site and, uh, you know, even donate a couple bucks and you still can get a sticker. You know, just help out a little bit if you uh, feel the urge. We've already had a number of listeners contribute. We really, really want to thank uh, all the listeners that have uh, jumped in and, and helped out. And I hope that more as the uh, the funding it's for is it for 30 days? You got one month. Is that what the funding period is? Yeah, so it runs just the month of June. So June thirtieth at eleven fifty nine, it's gonna turn off. So, um, so you have this month, yeah, to do it. Yeah. So go out there and support Trek Brewing. Yes, and thank you. And and even if you if you're not in a position to to donate or anything like that, or uh, just sharing helps. So, mm-hmm. um, every every little bit. All right. Well, now it is time for us to do our first tasting segment, and uh, I, we just want to give a big thanks to Kevin Jones from Sawtooth Brewery. He reached out to us and uh, and sent us an email, and he wanted to send us some beer to taste on the show. And so I, I really appreciate him, uh, you know, sending both John and I the the same beers. We actually received two beers each. Uh, we have a wheat ale and an IPA, and we're going to start off the tasting. With the the weed ale because we we want to make sure that our palates aren't uh, you know overwhelmed with an IPA before we go to the wheat so we'll go to the wheat first and this is called the Sunnyside Session Wheat again it's from Sawtooth Brewery and Sawtooth is in the Wood River Idaho area which is over right by the Ketchum area uh, Haley and Ketchum where the uh, Sun Valley Ski Resort is at 
And this is an American, the style is an American wheat ale. Comes in at 4.7% ABV. And IBUs, they say, is 18. 18 IBUs, so kind of low. And we got these in 12-ounce cans. And they were nice enough to send a little uh, brochure. I think with you know the brochure they send out to bars and distributors to kind of give you know give them an idea of what the beer is about. And on that brochure, it said it's described as a light, crisp, clean American wheat beer for a day on the slopes or a day on the river. So uh, let's go ahead and crack this open. I know John, you're already kind of drinking it, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and crack mine open here, and hopefully it won't blow up on my on my keyboard. No, it didn't. Thank goodness. I'm going to pour mine in the glass. So, John, since you already have this beer in your glass, why don't you go ahead and describe what you see in the color? Yeah, it's a kind of a pale straw, um, pale straw color. Uh, and it's actually pretty clear, which I, um, it's got a slight haze to it, but, um, it was more clear than I was expecting for for a for wheat, a wheat. Yeah, it is pretty clear. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, I agree with you, John. It's, it comes across straw pale. Um, and you're right. It is pretty clear. There is a slight haze to it, but not like what we expect from, uh, you know, like a, like a Hefeweizen or such. It's, it's more of a, of a clear wind. And there's only a few bubbles coming up. You see some bubbles in yours, John? I got some big bubbles coming up. But, but yeah, I've got, I've got bubbles. Yeah, but sparsely. It's not like it's like constantly coming up. It's like a sparse amount of bubbles. How about the head? The head, uh, I'll, I'll describe my head first since I just poured this sucker. Um, it really, it has a white head, um, some coarse and fine bubbles. Very, very small head, though. It doesn't have a big head. It's literally just over, I mean, it may have, it may have popped up to like a half a finger and then died right back down to just over, I mean, just barely covering the, uh, the top of the beer. What about you, John? Do you remember your head when you poured yours? Yeah, I had the same thing, um, about a half a finger ahead, uh, white, and then it dissipated. I've, I've got a, a ring of bubbles still around the glass. Um, I, I do too. I do too. So. Yeah, and if I, and if I do kind of, uh, swirl it in my glass, uh, it does, you know, the, the lacing kind of st- sticks there for a second, but we'll see how it goes as we drink, see if it's, if lacing stays. All right, so let's take a whiff, and let's try to provide our listeners with what we smell in this beer. Wow, so uh, I'll start off. The first thing that comes to my nose when I sniff this is kind of a, kind of a, a bit of grassy, grassiness or... Uh, I don't know. Some kind, is it kind of grassy? What I don't know. What do you get? I get mm. kind of grassiness. Yeah, I'm not really getting uh, a grassy note. Um, I get kind of a a raw wheat type flavor with a bit of a cracker. On yeah, it. yeah, crack. Yeah, cracker. I agree too. Yeah, there is a, a cracker note there. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe it is some wheaty, wheaty uh, aroma. It, maybe grainy. Maybe that's what the word I'm looking for. Is that a grassy? Maybe I'm looking for like graininess, like a a raw grainy uh, aroma that you get when you're smelling some some grain. That might be what it is. But yeah, it could be. Okay. All right. So let's just dive into it and take a take a sip. Although you've already been drinking it, so I'm going to take a sip, and you can go ahead and explain if you anything pulls out on your tasting. Yeah, mine uh, pretty much follows the aroma. Uh, still with the 
crackery kind of thing, but there is a, there's a nice uh, little bitterness at the end. Um, you know, you mentioned 18 IBUs, not a whole lot. Well, you don't need a whole lot uh, in a beer like this, you know, to keep things balanced out. Um, but uh, you can, you can still get it um, a little bit there in the, in the back. I don't know. What, how about you? What are your impressions? So my impression first off is I'm surprised it's only 18 IBUs because to me it comes across a little bit stronger right at the front. Um, and I don't know why it, it has a, a bit of a bitterness up front. I, I, I agree that I get some, uh, I think I get mostly some cracker, uh, cracker maltiness uh, flavor with that a little bit of bitterness up front from the hops, which I don't know what hops are using in here. It's almost like, you know what this reminds me of too? The, the flavor kind of reminds me of a Pilsner up front. You know how sometimes you drink a, like a Czech Pilsner and you get that, that uh, hoppiness right up front and a little bit of that cracker malt. That kind of reminds me of a little bit of a Pilsner front, but I, I don't know. I can see that. All right. As I choke on my beer, I was gonna go to the <laughs> I was gonna go to the body. <laughs> I will say that there is some of that wheat coming out in as far as the body. Uh, it is a little bit of a uh, you know it, it, it's not a light body. It's more it's kind it's kind of between light to medium body. So that wheat does play a little bit into the uh, into the mouthfeel on this one. It's not it's not a light. What do you think? Do you, you think this is a light or, or medium light? No, I'd say this is medium. Medium. Um. Yeah, medium body. Medium body, okay. Yeah, it definitely has some girth to it that, you know, you put it in your mouth and you actually feel that you've got a little bit more viscous uh, mouthfeel in there. I, I like it. I like it. I like a wheat ale to have that type of body. So at least it's not lacking the body. Very, very nice. Anything else about the body you want to talk about? I mean, it's, how about the carbonation factor? Um, I don't, I don't, it's not coming across as being too carbonated. Now, maybe, it's the body that's kind of uh, reducing some of the carbonation feel because it's a little bit thicker, but I don't feel it's too carbonated. Do you feel differently that you got a little bit more carbonation? or? Um, I, I would call it medium. Okay. Uh, it works for, for how it's put together. Um, I don't know. For you saying you don't get a whole lot, I would imagine with your uh, sensitivities to carbonation uh-huh. and uh, needing to burp a lot that if you put this back, you're going to – like if you put it back quickly, you're gonna uh, be feeling that uh, urge. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. Which is funny that I mean I did drink that that cream ale pretty fast, and I think and maybe I have a little bit of carbonation already in my gut because when we were I was getting ready to go from the from the uh, uh, the taste to the body, I took a sip and literally I as I was sipping, I kind of did have some burp, and I was almost like choked on my beer because it I did have a little bit of a of a belching problem there. I was trying to keep it cool for the show didn't want to look like too big of of a newbie uh, but yeah, always a professional yeah i try <laughs> i try all right so um body's pretty decent i like the body uh and let's go into the finish and as we already mentioned um there is a bit it's an american wheat ale so it's okay to have a little bit of a bitter finish on an american wheat ale because we're all about putting those hops in and i think this one falls in line with a with an American wheat that does uh, kind of fall m- uh, more on to having a bitter finish, not a overly bitter, but having that bitter finish than having that uh, some wheat ales can have a little bit more sweeter 
uh, flavor from the malts uh, and then maybe linger on a little bit. This one definitely finishes off dry to me. How about you, John? Uh, yeah, it's it's very drinkable. I mean, it doesn't... Uh, initially, I was getting that bitterness lingering, um, but the more the deeper I'm into this, and I've only got uh, maybe a, a quarter of it left, mm-hmm. uh, I'm getting more of that uh, just kind of that wheat cracker character sitting yeah. on my tongue, which is uh, very nice, and that's making me want to keep going back to it, which is what you want with this type of beer. So. Exactly. I, I agree. Um, you have some of that bitterness on your tongue, but you I get a lot of the, like you said, a lot of that cracker, uh, you know, that, that cracker malt flavor on there. Very enjoyable. It is easy to drink. A little bit of bitterness. I think that uh, that someone that wasn't ex- that likes uh, Hefeweizens, um, and expecting a German Hef type of, uh, of experience, they're going to be a little disappointed in this beer because it's definitely not following uh, a German wheat. It's following definitely more of that uh, American style that, that does have a little bit of a hop presence and, and a bitterness. But you're right, very drinkable. Um, honestly, I can't say there's anything negative uh, in the finish or in the, the body any, uh, of any part of it. There's no negative aspects that I'm pulling out of this beer. It's... Uh, it's definitely enjoyable. I'm enjoying drinking the wheat. Okay, John, I just kind of mentioned that uh, if you were expecting, you know, that if you're expecting more of a, a Hefeweizen, you're going to be disappointed. Um, so let's go into whether or not this beer is recommended for someone new to craft beer. Is this something that you would say, hey, have this this sunny size session wheat and uh, – you know, so someone that's just trying craft beer, or you think it might be too much for them? Yeah, I would. Um, even though you know the the bitterness could throw off a little bit, but I think you can in, in this spirit you'd adjust to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be my only hesitation is that you aren't used to that in in this style as well, um, getting that little bit of a bite. Um, but uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, How about you. I agree. I think, like you mentioned, like I already kind of hinted at, there is a there's a chance that the drinker will sense the bitterness and dislike it because they say it's a bitter beer. But I think there's a lot to enjoy about this beer that a new person to craft beer would find it's drinkable. And I like the fact that I get that that uh, cracker malt up front, a uh, little bit of bitterness, but it you know it. it it kind of dissipates pretty quick, and I think that a, a new craft beer drinker can can appreciate what it provides uh, over what they were drinking before. So, yeah, I would recommend this to new craft beer drinkers myself. Okay, so now comes the time. Uh, oh, wait. First, we got to say glassware. Now, it is a weed ale, so you know that, that you're... You love drinking your weed ales out of a big, giant, nice Weizen glass, big you know, big, huge 25-ounce glass, right? Those are the recommended glassware. But also, Willie Becker, great glass to drink this beer. What about any other recommendations? Uh, I, I think this could just, just in any glass, it, it would work. True, um, true. But, uh, yeah, if you want to get particular about it, those are good options. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll agree with you that, that maybe going with the Weizen glass might be a little too much for this one because, again, we had a kind of a, a, a small head. I mean, half finger is not much head. A lot of times, wheat ales, you're going to get a lot more 
of that head because of that all the uh, the proteins and stuff are really reacting. I was surprised that the head was a little bit muted on this beer. I, uh, typically, for a wheat or or a hefeweizen type, you're gonna want to you're gonna see uh, more head, and having that bigger glass helps with that head. So you're right. Maybe just any any shaker pint or even a Willie Becker will be fine. So any glass will do. Yeah, like your Trek Brewing Willie Becker that you get from the Indiegogo. Yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Willie Becker, Trek Brewing. Yes. Is that now? Okay, I don't wanna, let's not get sidetracked. Okay. All right, so guess what? It's time to rate this beer. But you know, John and I have been having trouble with our rating system. So I finally found I, what I think is the easiest rating system that we can have on Tap to Craft because most of the beers that we're going to be you know, showcasing on this show are going to be ones that we're going to recommend. Uh, I mean, if we actually get a beer and we say, no, don't drink it, then maybe we didn't do our homework good enough because we don't want to be recommending beers or doing beers that aren't good. So I kind of made the rating system a three-prong rating system. Basically, here's our new rating system. Uh, It's split into thirds. So the upper crust falls into the top third of the beer list. So these are things that are going to be you know, from above average and, and up to the, the like n- number one beers in our whole life type thing. Then the middle third, middle of the road, middle of the road falls in the middle third. It can be right around the average to just below above average. Again, in the middle third. And then, of course, the bottom of the barrel, that falls in the lower third of our, uh, of our uh, beers that we've had over the time we've been drinking. So, John, we're going to rate this as our new rating system. Both these beers we're going to be drinking. And um, what do you what do you think about this beer? Would just fall in the upper third, middle third, or lower third of your beer list? Uh, I would put this one in middle third, uh, but <clears throat> that's largely just due to the style. I don't mm-hmm. drink a lot of the style. Um, although, I tell you what, I wish I had uh, cracked into one of these uh, today when I was out. It was hot. Mm-hmm. This would have been, been really good there. Um but yeah, that's that's where it is for me. How about you? I agree. Um, this falls right into the middle of the road, um, a little bit on the higher side of the middle, so it's probably just below above average. Um, I love wheat ales. I love you know I, I enjoy a good wheat ale mainly because I like the body, and I like to be able to have some of that multi sweetness, uh, and that's what I really enjoy. This one has some of that maltiness to it, but um, again, it's an American wheat ale. Maybe I like the German wheat ales a little bit better for my own palate, and that's why I, I put it just in the in the the middle of the road, just because maybe the bitterness comes across a little too much for me. But uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, and I think that a lot of people would really enjoy this beer. And you know what? A lot of people do enjoy this beer because uh, it's actually won a couple of awards. In the uh, in the North American Brewers Association, it, in 2016 it won a gold medal, and in 2014 it won a bronze medal. So this beer has been around for a while and is actually award worthy. So go out and try it. This is uh, a, you know pretty decent beer. Now I don't have any insight on the malts or hops because uh, they don't have anything uh, that listing the malts or hops on their website or in the paperwork that we were provided, but uh, that's the tasting. Is there anything else, John, that you want to to uh, mention about the beer? No, I, th- I think we 
We did it. Okay. All right. Well, so that's our first tasting segment of the show. And now, since we're talking beer, let's go into some of the noteworthy beers that John, you, and I have had over the last two weeks. So, John, I know you didn't do any activities, so you didn't visit any breweries, but please tell me that you actually had some beers at home that you would would deem noteworthy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first one, I'll, I'll stick to the Ohio Columbus uh, breweries, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, so my first beer is uh, from Seven Sun Brewing, and this is actually where we're getting our brew house from. Oh. Uh, they are expanding in Columbus, and we are uh, getting their brew house. Uh, and this is their Humulus Nimbus, uh, which they describe, I think, as a super pale ale. Um, I think is how they term it. Um, but it, it clocks in at like 6.5%, something like that. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a really nice drink of beer. Uh, set, um, it's really nice bright hops. Uh, I think I managed to get a rather fresh uh, four pack of them. They they do uh, the sixteen ounce uh, cans okay. for all their canning, um, which is nice. But uh, yeah, it's it a really nice beer. Um, and I uh, went through that that four pack pretty quick. Um, because <laughs> it it was drinking really real nice. So. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, I can continue that tradition um, at the brewery. So yeah, yeah. So keep, keep making good stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. So it I didn't realize that you were getting your brew house from a local brewery in the Columbus area. So that's pretty cool that you're gonna. I mean, at least you have access to you know asking questions and getting more feedback from you know if you have you know questions when you're trying to operate it and, and you know how to best you know optimize uh, certain settings at least you have them right there in town to contact so that's pretty interesting yeah yeah it'll be convenient and uh i think it'll work out well yeah so uh the next beer uh this was our thursday uh everything happened the way we expected it to happen uh beer with uh, uh closing of the loan and launching the campaign and and everything and we cracked into a bottle of Deschutes uh, Dissident. Oh yeah, from uh, 2014. And uh, this one, uh, I I hadn't had any of the Dissident for a really long time um, before cracking into this, and uh, it, it was very nice. And it kind of went in way like in, in phases. I'll say, um, like starting out uh, the the cherry. Mm-hmm. notes and character was uh more prominent and then as it as we got deeper into it uh like the wine barrel character started coming up uh more um i, I really enjoyed uh sipping on this beer uh we just kind of uh sat down that night and just like deep breath and just kind of enjoyed <laughs> you know yeah uh, relaxing for a minute and uh sipping on this it was very nice yeah, th- this is the one that I I uh, advise you to get back in 2014, right? Because I get this beer every time it comes out because it's a great beer to age. And like you said, the I think the longer it ages, the more complex that the characters of the beer, like you said, as it as it warms up, you just get a lot of different characters out of that 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 subtle cherry and that wine barrel character. It's just a, it's a fantastic sour ale it's not really sour ale it's more like just a i mean i don't think it's really a sour ale right it's just a, a beer that's aged 
that in in wine barrels it kind of gives you that acidic uh, tartness to it. Yeah, I don't think the beer is intentionally soured. Yeah. I think that the acidity is coming from the fruit um, yeah. and even maybe from the wine barrel. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, we really enjoyed it, and I'll I'll probably look to pick up some more um, as we go here um, to to keep around. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, so my last one, uh, which I just picked up and drank yesterday, <laughs> I, I only had a, I only had two in the list here, and then uh, decided to add this one in after I tried it, and that's from it's from Founders Brewing, and it's Doom, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this is an interesting beer. It's a, an Imperial IPA aged in bourbon barrels. Okay, uh, which you don't see a whole lot of yeah um and uh it 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 was very interesting to to drink through it um because it was kind of sip to sip whether the ipa aspects of it were going to come through or the barrel like vanilla character was going to be more prominent i'd say overall uh the vanilla character from the barrel uh like came through the most Mm. um but then you'd get like some citrusy stuff from the IPA as well. Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, we've got a couple more sitting in the fridge. Um, uh, not a cheap four pack. Yeah. That. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'd been seeing a bunch of people talk about it and, uh, and, and, and trying to find it. Um, and I happened upon a four pack and I was like, all right, well, everybody's talking about it. I might as well grab it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, it didn't didn't disappoint. So yeah, so our listener Tim Price had commented that he said this is a great beer to try. So I've been looking for it in my area, and I haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping it still is is to arrive, and I'm gonna grab at least a bottle. And if I'm forced to, I'll grab four because now that John, you put it on a list, and Tim says it's his favorite uh, beer. That it, I can't go wrong, right? I, I'm all for uh, enjoying. But yeah. you're right. I, I heard it was expensive, like. A pretty 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 expensive beer. <laughs> yeah, and I think they actually were just talking about it on Flux Opposed episode or two ago. Oh. So, um yeah, but it, I would expect to be in the four to five buck range for a twelve ounce on this one. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, that's that is uh, pricey. Uh, but worth it. It is a double Imperial IPA, yeah. so and yeah, it's a twelve point four percent, which I didn't know until after I was done. Oh damn! <laughs> so, That's a triple yeah. IPA. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So uh, do, yeah, this one will uh, will do you some good. So how about you, Danny? Are you new and noteworthy? I have a few. Now I drank a lot of beer this last uh, time between shows, but I was able to nail down my list to three noteworthy ones that I want to talk about today. And the first one, again, was brought to me by my buddy Alex. I I mentioned to him he had his birthday last week. He was traveling. His mom and and pops came came over from Israel, and they went and did a a, a big giant brewery tour through uh, from Idaho to Portland, down the coast, and then back through Bend, and then back, you know, through to, uh, to Boise, the big circle. And he went through Bend on the way back home, and he stopped at Boneyard Beer, which he knew was was one of my favorites. And I turned him on to that brewery when he did his last visit to Bend. He fell in love with it also. 
So when he was there, he had a beer and thought that I would really enjoy it. So he brought back a crowler of it for me. And that is the Boneyard Beers Bonafide Pale Ale. And this is a fantastic pale ale. A lot of great malty flavors up front with a, a really good, uh, you know, hoppy, like dry hopped flavor in the that, that carried on in the finish. Uh, well balanced. Very well balanced pale ale. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Gave it four and a half star rating, cap rating, because, hey, you can't go wrong. You know, Boneyard beer doesn't make bad beer. Uh, and I'm just really thankful for Alex to think about me and bring me back that crowler that I drink uh, in, you know, in one sitting uh, pretty quick. It was it went down very easy. So, again, if you guys can get Boneyard, which is, is hard because they don't package. They only sell in growlers, crowlers, and uh, tasters at their tasting room, or you have to get them out on tap at a, a bar that they distribute to. Uh, I recommend if you see them, go ahead and grab them. And there is, a, I haven't got this sampler, but Sierra Nevada did their beer camp. It's called the World Beer Camp. I saw that people here in the Boise area has found some and are trying their beers. And one of the beers is a collaboration with Boneyard. And I've seen some pretty high ratings on that beer already. So if you can get the Sierra Nevada beer camp world beer camp sampler pack right now go out and grab it there's some boneyard beer in there and give it a shot have you got have you seen the have you seen that yet john no i'll have to look and i i'll throw out costco has been pretty good about that in the last couple years about having those packs so that's another place to check out that's true got one near you yeah yeah do you have a costco near you uh, not as near as I used to where <laughs> throw a rock in any direction and hit one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we do have one in Columbus. Okay. So. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. You know what? I need to send Sarah tomorrow. She's so now that school's out, I can send my wife out to Costco during the week and maybe she can pick up a, a case of this for me. That'd be great. Okay. <laughs> the next beer is a beer from Israel. Again, my buddy, Alex, I, I'm going to be mentioning Alex a lot in this next segment because he's the one that provided me with all these great beers. Uh, he brought back a Israeli craft beer. Uh, it's from the brewery Hachatzer, which I don't know if I said that right. Hachatzer. Uh, it's called Hophead IPA. And I'll tell you what, this IPA was very, very tasty. It has some great citrus hop flavor to it. Very clean, very easily drinkable. I think it was like 6.7% alcohol, I think is what it ran, somewhere in there. Um, I'll tell you what, it was one of the best beers that I had uh, that night. Um, again, not every, you know, we've, we've, we've had a lot of uh, Israeli beers that are just kind of, oh, yes, they're okay, yes, it's, it's, it's nothing special. But there's a few that I've mentioned on the show that have really stood up a- above the, the rest, and this is one of them. And I hadn't had it before, so it's a brewery that is fairly new. To Israel, and when I uh, return there in July, I'm gonna have to be looking up more of their stuff and trying to get it and and taste it because I really enjoyed this one. So Hophead IPA, and I gave it a four and a quarter rating. So yeah, that's pretty good stuff. And then the last beer again, my buddy Alex brought back from uh, Israel with them. Now that this beer is not from Israel, this beer is actually from Brewdog out of Scotland. And it's the Brewdog Albino Squid Assassin. Great name. And the artwork was fantastic, too. I mean, Albino Squid Assassin? What the heck? That sounds crazy. But it's a rye IPA. And 
you know how I love rye and I love IPAs, and this beer had some very unique character going on. The spiciness of the rye, the hops they used, it really had a lot of stuff going on that was very difficult for me to pinpoint exactly what I was tasting. But what I was tasting was very unique and very tasty. It, you know, it had this little bit of a, a spiciness note, I'm guessing, from the rye. Uh, and it had a, a very good uh, hot presence. Um, I don't know. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And John, you know, BrewDog is opening. Is if they, Are they already open in Columbus or are they opening still? They still haven't fully opened in Columbus yet? Uh, they have a pub open now. Um, I can't. I, I, just saw an article and I can't remember if they said they had, they are now brewing or they're about to start brewing. Um, so the, they're working on the brewery and then you know, everybody's seeing their hotel that they're putting in yeah, yeah. Um, with their campaign for that. Um, so yeah, I, I was going to comment that soon you'll be saying brew dog from Columbus. I know. Well, uh, I'm hoping that, are you able to get brew dog beers in the Columbus area? Have you? Uh, I haven't been looking um, for them specifically. Okay. Uh, I'm sure they're around cause I'm sure they're trying to, you know, make themselves known. Yeah. So. Well, this is one I'd like, I'd love for you to try because it's very unique and I'd love to hear what your impressions of it are also. So if you can find it's in a can, nice 12 ounce can, pick up one and uh, give it a shot. I gave it four caps. I really, I, I enjoyed it. It was very unique. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so that's what that's what I got to say about that. Okay, well, that's our beer. But now, let's get into what our listeners have been talking on social media about our show, which has been fantastic. I love getting listener feedback. So the first one is from our buddy David Makazuki. On Facebook, he posted, catching up on episode 73. Now, again, he was behind a couple of shows. That's okay of the podcast, and Denny, I totally agree with you about the sale of Wicked Weed. I wonder how, if the mad people would work for large corporations or even the government, which is the largest entity, you know, if they would still feel the same way about them selling out and, and, and you know, because I, I agree kind of with David saying is that how many people out there go to Walmart? I mean, Walmart is destroying all the local small businesses, right? Because they come in, the low prices, they undercut, and everyone goes shops there, and then all these low, you know, smaller businesses go out. All big box stores, Lowe's, Home Depot, they're they're cutting out all those small mom and pop shops. You don't get all irate about that, and you know, I, I don't know. I I agree. I see what David David's saying that that uh, you know that. If, if you're going to get mad, you should get mad about everything, not just craft beer. Craft beer is craft beer. We enjoy drinking it. Uh, not to get us too upset. You know, or we can just relax about everything. Or relax not, about it, yeah. Not fly off the handle at every little uh, provocation. Yeah. I, I, I'd prefer that route. Okay. I agree. Let's just <laughs> relax and not, not get too worked up. John, what did Tim have to say? Yeah, so Tim Price uh, posted on Facebook. He said, two quick things. You guys need to try Doom check uh, from founders he said it's amazing um i agree it's very good uh second uh what are your thoughts on oatmeal and something like a pale ale said i had one on vacation recently and it was so smooth i'm for it me too me too i love oatmeal you put oatmeal in any beer and i love the the extra mouthfeel and 
uh, that you and body you get from that oatmeal and a pale ale, fantastic. I love pale oatmeal pale ales. In fact, that's one of the styles that is starting to be more uh, available now. Is like I think um, Bridgeport is it Bridgeport? Now I'm going to screw up. I think it's Bridgeport has their uh, oatmeal pale ale OPA that I talked about a f- like maybe four shows ago I always maybe it was even six shows ago I don't even remember it's been a while but it's an oatmeal oh no oatmeal ORA they have an oatmeal pale they just released I haven't had that one yet they have an oatmeal rye L same thing it's fantastic it gives you that extra body along with the rice spiciness and and you know the pale L type uh, character fantastic so I'm I'm all for adding oatmeal to all your beers you know an oatmeal stout is great oatmeal pails oatmeal rise you know throw the oatmeal in there do you have any examples yeah, john like oatmeal american light lager i think that'd be that'd be good have you have you had one no i'm just gonna i'm gonna be a pioneer i, I think yeah i think that might be something uh, to try <laughs> I, I think that truck brewing should pioneer that beer and make it like the beer that takes over the world there we go yeah all right. Well, thank you, Tim, for that comment. Yeah, we, John and I both agree that oatmeal and beer is fantastic. All right. Now we have our friend Amanda on Facebook. She, she posted, in honor of episode 73 of my favorite of many podcasts, I will enjoy this black lager and pretend I'm new to craft beer. And she posted it along with a photo of the Lancaster Brewing Jump Seat Black Lager. So thank you, Amanda, for supporting the show and 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 still being the number one podcast of many podcasts in your list and uh, and for drinking a black lager while we talked about black lagers and ales that's great and of course Amanda thank you very much for the fantastic iTunes review that you left us we encourage all of our listeners to be like Amanda leave us a review because that just helps get the show out to more people and the more people can write in and we can interact and have a good time and and share the love of craft beer with everyone. All right, John, we also had a listener question. Now, you know, I kind of threw this in there. Uh, you want me to read it or you want to take take it? Well, I'll take it because uh, you uh, were at the at the center of this one. Okay, and this is from the Forty Cast. A uh, question from uh, Mike and Matt over there uh concerning the entry into hoppy beers how do how do you get into hoppy beers and they they had called you out in the, <laughs> to answer this for them they did they called me out twice and i i did kind of answer them on twitter but i think they forget that you know i was responding to some posts there but um what i suggested is honestly if you want to entry into to trying to understand and and appreciate hoppy beers i think that and and i think john you agree you've mentioned this before is that uh go with a pale ale i mean pale ales are supposed to be now not every pale ale is going to be lighter but a lot of it is a well balanced between the maltiness that you're used to and uh, throwing a little hops in there to give you some character uh you know some maybe some uh citrus character or some piney character but not too much it should be a a good pale ale is a balance between those two and that's a good entry into some more hoppier beers i think a good red ale can do that too even an amber ambers are typically sweet a little bit on the sweeter side but an amber red uh, can be a little bit hoppy and i can get you some of those hops without just you know 
hitting your taste buds and palate, you know, just blowing them up into a million pieces. So, John, what do you think? Do you think those are good suggestions? Do you have anything else to suggest? Yeah, I hadn't thought about the red ale. That's a good call because a lot of people are hopping those up more than, you know, the classic style would be, but it's not to a level of an IPA. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think pale is good. Uh, you know, just uh, do your best to, to find something that's not an IPA and a pale ale label. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like like the beer that I had from Seven Sun that they call Super Pale Ale or, or something like that. Uh, I wish more people would do that when they have those tweener beers because yeah. uh, a lot of times you'll pick something up thinking you got, you got a nice sessionable beer until you realize it's like, 6.9 it's like well that's an ipa what are we talking about <laughs> yeah, exactly, here you know? yeah um so yeah i'd say try to find stuff in that five five and a half percent range and it should be hopped accordingly and uh go from there yeah 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 great advice one other thing i want to just throw out there too is i think right now there's a lot of ipas that are going for that tropical fruity flavor in their hop selections and I think that the tropical flavors are a little bit more subdued in the bitterness. And it'll give you some of that fruity flavor. So if you don't like fruity flavors in your beer, you may not like it. But it really kind of subdues some of that bitterness that you'll get from it. And you don't have that sharp pine or some of that sharp citrus. You'll have more of those subtle mango, pineapple, uh, guava type uh, flavors in that tropical ones. And, and I know that Mike... I saw him uh, log into one of the uh, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was the Eight Hop Pale or Eight Hop Pale. I think is what it was. And I think those Voodoo Rangers again, tropical fruit flavors, fantastic beers to in, enter into the IPA range because they're not too overly bitter. And especially if you want to get a good buzz going, that Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. Very subtle on the the alcohol. It's nine percent alcohol, but you just taste some great tropical fruit. Not a lot of bitter. Very easily drinkable. You can, uh, I usually drink three in a row before I realize I just drank three nine percent beers and I have to stop. Um, very good. So I recommend trying some more of those Voodoo Rangers. I think they're pretty tasty. Yeah, and in that tropical, more fruity type range, uh, a lot of the new. Uh like New England IPAs that are out now. Yeah. Um, follow that trend and the bitterness is not as high. So that's yeah. another thing you can you can try. Uh, just be prepared for it to be very cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. Cloudy. Don't get turned off by floaties in there too. <laughs> Drink it out of the can if it's heady topper. All right. Well, there we go. We answered we, – we read some feedback. We answered some questions. Well, at least one question that I thought was – was a great question. I'm sorry that we were delayed in getting your response back because I thought that I did a good enough job answering on Twitter, but obviously I failed. But now we have it in the show. You guys can listen and, and enjoy. But if you guys out there that haven't provided feedback or questions, you can do that. It's easy. Just contact the show with your comments or questions through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can do it on Twitter at tapthecraft or if that doesn't work, if you're on Facebook, just contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash tap the craft. It's easy. It's just tap the craft everywhere. Just look for us and ask your questions and make your comments. We really appreciate it. And if, if you don't want to remember my email, 
just go to the Facebook page and click the email link. It's just a link. Just click it, and you can just write away, and we'll answer your questions. Also, it's time of the show where we like to thank Open Forum Radio Network because they do support our show by providing our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know that you'll find more great content on the following shows. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for our brewery startup segment. And we want to just kind of uh, highlight some of the, since, since John is opening a brewery, it's a great opportunity for us to talk about what it takes to start up a brewery. And this segment is going to be focused on well, getting the right licensing and permits or whatever you need, mostly licensing, in order to start up a brewery. And, of course, he's going to focus on starting it up in Ohio. I know that it's going to vary from state to state, but some of the federal stuff is going to be all the same, and states will vary depending on whatever the state laws are. But, John, you are the uh, expert in this, so I'm going to let you take the reins of the show and talk about all this fancy brewery licensing business. Yeah, fancy. It's super fun. Um <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, like you mentioned, state to state's different. Uh, we had to adjust some of our plans, uh, which I've mentioned before, uh, coming from Washington to Ohio, because what you can and can't do are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cost is very different. Um, but, you know, th- the government takes alcohol very seriously. Um, and most of the laws throughout the country stem from prohibition. Uh, time period and and how things were phased back in after prohibition and what they were cautious of or um, you know religious uh, aspects of it at the time that went into making the laws. Uh, there's a lot of um, let's say continued concern about uh, you know where the money's coming from, uh, which uh, some some parts of it stem from. Uh, you know, money, money laundering, uh, type thing. Uh, others is to make sure that, uh, you know, in, in certain States you can't, you know, be in different tiers of the three tier system. You can't be uh, licensed in, in both as an individual. Um, you know, you'd, you'd have to divest from one or the other, uh, to, to move into the other. So, um, but, uh, a lot of paperwork, um, goes along with this stuff. And, uh, so when we started our federal application, uh, we were being quoted, uh, six to seven months to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we did it, uh, thankfully it didn't take that long. It only took three months. Uh, it appears that they're staffing up to try to get through their backlog faster, which I'm sure everybody appreciates. <laughs> um, uh, but there are certain requirements that you have to have uh, just to be able to apply. Um, you have to have a location. Uh, you can't apply while you're still looking for something. Um, and if uh, you're 
thinking along financially in that, that means you're paying rent on something mm. while you're waiting for the federal government to hand you a piece of paper uh, that says you can brew. Um, and when you're talking the six to seven months, yeah, that's, a uh, that's a long time to be paying um, rent on something or to be, you know, paying through the, the commercial mortgage or, or whatever you're, you're doing um, for that uh, while you're waiting. Um, so uh, th- that, that is a, a very heavy requirement for a lot of folks. Um, and there's ways you can work around that with certain, with your landlord. You can try to say, okay, well, we're going to make improvements to the property. Um, so how about you don't charge us rent for the first six months while we improve the value of your property or something like yeah. that? You know, there are ways around it, but um, not everybody's going to be able to get that uh, situation. So you have to be in a position that you can pay that um, while you're while you're waiting. So so what happens if let's say you were starting the brewery out of your home property? Let's say you have a few acres and you have a barn and you decide that you're going to start it there. Can you get your federal permit? going with that and then move to another location or do you have to get another permit if you change locations? You-, uh, you have, you have to submit uh, more paperwork to change locations. They are licensing the address. Oh, okay. Um, uh, for it. So, uh, now I don't know if you are already issued a permit, if you can get through the system faster because you're, you know, you've already been vetted and you're, you know, everything else that goes along with the rest of it that I'm going to talk about. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you get put into a different pile. Okay. Um, so that I, I can't answer. Um, but once you hit submit, you can't change anything. Oh. So even if you like something forced you to move, um, you would either have to start over or hope that you can get somebody on the other end to uh, update your information for you. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's fun. And it, it is on online now for the federal government. It used to be a big stack of papers that you had to fill out, um, which I still did. I, I worked through the paperwork um, just so I would have All everything in, in order yeah. um, before I got on to the online permit. So, But uh, I think the transition in the online is also helping them kind of streamline, uh, the approval process, which is good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, along with your location, uh, you have to have all your drawings for where everything's going to be. Um, including your, I mean, down to, you, you have to show where your, your brew house is, your fermenters are, where you're holding, you know, uh, untaxed product, where you hold taxed product, how that all works. Cause that's really what they care about. Um, is getting their money from the taxes, the excise taxes on the, <laughs> on the alcohol. I mean, if we're, if we're being completely honest, um, and you know, you need to have the right answers for that stuff. Um, otherwise they'll, uh, require changes to your property. And, uh, along with that, uh, you're supposed to have all this done, um, when you apply, um, which uh, is another, you know, very expensive thing to have uh, to get put in place because a lot of times you're taking out loans. So now you're paying back your loans and all this stuff while you're waiting. Um, it's 
kind of become a uh, a shell game to a degree that uh, you know they don't get out for as many inspections anymore because there's so many breweries um, and uh, you know they can show up at any time and you need to have everything you know ready uh, but um, they you know when they're taking six, nine, 12 months. Some people have been waiting as long as 14 I've seen oh, wow. uh, to get their stuff back. Um, and that's not necessarily all on the government's part. You know, they may have messed something up in their yeah. paperwork or, yeah. you know, um, and that's the fastest way to delay your application <laughs> processed is uh, messing up your paperwork. Um, but, uh, you know, technically it's all supposed to be in place. So, you know, if, you know, you have something in there that they don't like in regards to, uh, how everything is secured and all that. Well, now you have to make changes and you've already done everything. So that can get very expensive to redo, um, you know, your part of your layout and, and all that. Uh, but really it's just doing your homework up front, know what they want to see, um, and design around that. So, uh, and, and really they just want, nobody to have access to the product before it's been taxed. That's as easy as it is. So secure what's not taxed and, and they're happy. Mm. Um, so a lot of information, uh, goes into these, uh, you know, in, in addition to what I've said, uh, you know, any, anybody who has an ownership stake, uh, like I said, they want to know where the money's coming from. Um, so it's either 5% or 10% ownership. Um, I want to say five, anybody who has 5% of the, uh, of the business, um, is required to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork, uh, about your background, you know, all, all kinds of stuff, uh, that then they're going to run background checks on and, and everything, uh, you have to explain any, any kind of convictions or, or anything like that, especially related to alcohol, any business that says that mm. failed in, in the alcohol field, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, that goes into that. Uh, thankfully we didn't have a whole bunch of folks that we had to fill out paperwork for, uh, which made it a lot easier. Um, you know, just Kristen and I, <laughs> uh, so that part wasn't as bad for us. Um, but you know, if, if we had, gone out and we had, you know, five, six people that all chipped in, you know, a sizable portion. Well, now, well, number one, it makes your paperwork a lot harder to fill out. Number two, it makes it a lot harder for them to vet. And number three, there's a lot more risk of something coming up with a red flag. Yeah. So, um, you, you really almost have to vet everybody yourself before, um, they, uh, kind of come into the, to the business, yeah. which really you should be doing, to, you know, anyway, but it, it's almost even more in depth than you probably normally would go. So, um, but yeah, there's a, a lot to fill out. Um, and the, the kind of detail they're at, they ask for, uh, for, you know, some of like the, the description of your premises is, uh, kind of like their examples are, are using longitude and latitude, from like the corners of your property to get to like different areas and like walking, like if you were to walk the outside of the building, like, all right, I'm going to walk 13 feet. There's going to be a window mm-hmm. and I'm going to walk 13 more feet and here's a door. And then I go around a corner and you know, it, uh, it's kind of crazy, but it, it it's like, that isn't again, they, they want to know all the entrances and exits and are they secure? 
you know, can, is somebody going to get access to, to the, the product? Yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of crazy. The nice thing is for the feds, uh, there's no cost, um, to get your federal permit. Wow. Um, they do require a bond, um, that basically you give them money that says, I'm going to pay the taxes on my alcohol. Um, and they used to require that across the board. They now no longer require that if you are expected to pay less than $50,000 a year in excise tax, hmm. um, which starting out, we will be under that threshold. Okay. Um, but once you go over that, then you have to supply a bond. Um, and the amount of the bond is based on how much you're going to, you're expected to pay and all, all kinds of stuff. Okay. So, um, but yeah, um, so that's federal. Do you have any, any questions on, on federal? No, I no, that, uh, on the state. Yeah, that, that seems pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, it, I understand why, uh, I mean, at first I was like, why do they need to, you have to have a location already, you know, figured out. But you explained that with the fact that they want to make sure that they're giving a permit to produce this alcohol and they want to make sure that all the, taxes they can collect from it are going to be collected and not, you know, escape. So they need to make sure that everything's in, in the right uh, manner. So yeah, I understand. No problem. So now, yeah, let's go into the state though. Let's see what, let's see what the state of Ohio has you go through. Yeah. So, uh, in Ohio, we deal with the department of liquor control. That's the, uh, state, you know, department under, under the Department of Commerce, I believe. Um, and every state's organization is going to be different. Um, I know a lot of states have an, an ABC, like alcoholic mm-hmm. beverage control. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything's different. And nice, nice thing is for the Brewers Association, uh, they do a nice job of summarizing um, all the information that you need for permitting, what you're allowed to do with growlers and all, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't recall right now if that is available to public or only to members. Okay. Um, but if you're going down this route and you need that information about permitting, you should be a member of the Brewers Association anyway because they give a, a whole lot of great info on that. Okay. What does that cost so, uh, per year to be a, a member of the Ohio Brewers Association? Uh, well, this is the uh, the the national National Brewers oh, okay. Association. Um, and uh, that is, I think, for new breweries, uh, like startups, and to a certain number of barrelage, it's 195 bucks a year. Okay. Um, and then you pay based, it scales based on how big you are. Really? Wow. Yeah. Why, I um, mean, why, why, would, why would it matter how big you are as far as how much you're paying to the Brewers Association? What, what are you gaining more of if you're a bigger brewery from the association? Uh, I, I think they would argue that, um, you know, part of like a big chunk of what your money goes to is lobbying. Um, and the bigger you are, the more benefit you're going to gain from lobbying, lobbying? especially at okay. a national level. Okay. Um, but, uh, they, they provide all kinds of resources, um, for, uh, you know, best practices, sustainability, um, all kinds of stuff that they put together. Uh, that's very helpful. So I would hands down uh, recommend joining that if you uh, want to be 
uh, or thinking about opening a brewery. Yeah. And it'll, it'll help you a whole lot in putting your numbers together uh, for your business plan that you'll need to <laughs> go over and over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to uh, Ohio permitting. Um, so it's similar to federal in, in terms of the information uh, that they want. Uh, the state is not as detailed uh, here in terms of uh, all your, your drawings and, and everything um, and, you know, the, your description of the premises and all that. But uh, that's because when you apply, they immediately send someone out to your location to check it out. Um, and so initially they had send somebody to do an exterior um, inspection. And like, we didn't even have to be there for that. They just went over and looked at the place and wrote their report for uh, a department. Um, but then they will do an inspection before they give us our, our license. Um, so uh, the, the state here, uh, they do require you having your federal uh, brewer's permit um, before they will approve your application. Um, you can submit um, your application ahead of time and they'll work it. Uh, and, you know, if they get it done and everything's waiting, they'll just hold it until you get your federal and then they'll come do the inspection and, and give you your license, which is nice. You know, when you're talking, uh, potential six to seven month wait on the yeah. federal, yeah. you can submit the state. They have a minimum like 30 days usually to, to do everything. Um, so you can cut out at least a month, um, in your timeline. Uh, now for us, we were prepping our state application and didn't even have it in yet when our federal came back because it came back like four months early. So, uh, we, we, ours is now submitted, um, and we're just waiting on being able to do the inspection. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so they, they do the, uh, the inspection. And then once you receive your license, they, uh, will come out and do an inspection every six months, um, to make sure you are doing everything that you're, you're saying you're, you're going to do and that you're supposed to do. Okay. And, uh, are, are they that, that goes, uh, that goes to a paperwork stuff too, you know, that you're making what you say you're making, you're yeah. selling what you say you're selling that kind of stuff. Okay. So now do they inspect the, the brew system to make sure that you're not, there's no like, uh, I mean, they're just, they're just making sure all your paperwork is in order and the, the facility is in good standing shape and not, you know, allowing, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not serving to underage kids and stuff like that. Do, do they actually inspect your brew system too, to make sure that you're, you're following whatever state guidelines are for that? Um, I would assume that from that angle, they're more looking to say, okay, you said you have 15s and you have 15s. You don't actually have 30s in a reporting as okay, 15s, okay. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't heard of any thing where, uh, you know, they are looking at the, you know, the seaworthiness, so to speak, of, yeah. of your equipment and that kind of, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and in Ohio, the health department is not, does not have purview over the brewery. Um, and there are some states and locales where they do. Um, but, uh, 
at least where we are, um, they do not. Okay. So, and that's nice. Okay. <laughs> not, so, and it goes, you know, not that we're going to be doing anything in there that, you know, would, would be shady from a health perspective because you can't, you can't be that way and make good make beer. Good you beer, have to yeah. be clean about everything. Yeah. Otherwise it's not going to turn out. True. Um, but it's nice not to have the extra layer of bureaucracy and, you know, more inspections and more everything that you have to deal with that gets in the way of running the business. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so one quick question. Now, what happens if you decide you want to increase the capacity of your, like, add more fermenters to your your current system? Because you are submitting your permit and stuff for what you know, your initial setup, but do you have to update it them every time you add another fermenter, or what? Do you have to get new permits, or what? What's required when you add stuff to after you get your permit? So we are, uh, technically we have put in all of our permits for the one barrel pilot system. Okay. Um, and that's because, because we are getting our system from, uh, you know, another brewery that is undergoing an expansion and they're doing a, a project, you know, at the same time we are, you know, there's always risk that something could happen to hold up their construction on their renovation, on their expansion, we can't get a hold of our 15 barrel system as fast as we thought. And, you know, now we can't get licensed because we've said we're going to have a 15 barrel system. Okay. Okay. Right. So we are, we've submitted everything with saying we have a one barrel system with a planned immediate expansion to 15 barrels. Okay. Um, and so all of our drawings show the one barrel system and they show the future, 15 barrel system and for associated fermenters and everything that go along with that. Okay. Um, and everybody seems to be happy with doing it that way. And, uh, you know, when we, I mentioned, you know, needing to have your stuff in place when you put submit for the federal, well, that was our way of saying, okay, we can have that in place. No problem. Um, you know, when it comes to it, uh, when it comes time to actually get that sometime in August, um, you know, which <laughs> turns out we didn't have to wait that long, but, <laughs> um, you know, that, and that was our way of feeling comfortable that we weren't, you know, breaking the rules and they're, you know, with the way they want their application filled out. Um, because technically they could call us on that and, you know, we could have an issue. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's a gray area. A lot of people don't have anything in place when they submit, um, you know, but we, we could have that there if we needed to. Um, so, okay. That's what, that's what we did. Um, and then, you know, for the federal, you have to update them when you change the footprint of the brewery. Um, I don't, I haven't seen anything where I have to update them if I add a tank or something like that. Um, but if we, you know, make the brewery bigger or smaller, uh, we have to submit, uh, for that. Okay. Uh, and I, I think they look at that from a square footage cause they, they kind of deem a brewery and that's how they look at taxable items. So, um, but for the state, we just tell them, Hey, we're adding this and then they'll look at it the next time they're out. Okay. So that's how that works for them. Um, so for the, for the state, 
our license does cost money. Um, in Ohio, it's a thousand dollars for um, a microbrewery permit, um, and there is a barrelage cap on that, uh, which is uh, I think that's like fifty six thousand barrels a year. Okay, that's a uh, lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, so that's a thousand bucks a year for that. It used to be like four thousand dollars, but they changed it like four years ago. Um, and with that, you can sell your own beer. Uh, you don't have to have food uh, to be able to do that. Um, but you know, you can't have any third-party alcohol. So you couldn't have a cider option. You couldn't have oh. any wine. You couldn't have it. So you can do that, um, but it's an additional uh, thirty-nine hundred dollar license that goes along with that. And <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You said you said thirty nine hundred. Yes. Per year. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, and with that, you now have a food requirement. Oh. Um. So you know when we were, and that's why when I mentioned, you know, we had to change our plans. Well, in Washington, your microbrewery license is one hundred thirty six dollars. Uh, for the year and you can sell wine and cider and not have a food requirement. So you can see that we had to make a big adjustment um, for how we were going to do business uh, when we switched to Ohio. Okay. So, so I, you have mentioned in the past that you are going to have offer some food and thus that will allow you then to get the license to serve other uh, breweries, beers, and wineries, wine and cideries. So, is that still your your business plan now? You're still planning on moving forward with that, so you can sell other stuff there too. And if that is, what is the motivation for selling besides cider and wine? I understand why adding wine and cider would be a positive, but what is the bonus to you for offering other breweries beverages in your brewery? So. Uh other breweries beverages would really only come into play in two scenarios. Uh, one, uh, if we are stuck on the one barrel system longer than we think we will be. And when we need to fill in the tap list, uh, like if we can't keep up, mm-hmm. um, and that would be really to pull in. Okay. Well, we don't have an IPA on right now. Everybody drank it. So we're going to pull in somebody else's IPA until we can get ours back on tap. Okay you know, to keep options available. Um, the other aspect of that is, uh, if we were to do collaboration beers, Oh, if we went and brewed a beer at somebody else's facility, we could not put it on tap at our place without having this license. Oh, wow. Um, because it would technically be their product and we would have to buy it from them to put it on tap at our tap round or our tap room. And we can't do that with the standard license. Okay. Um, and people have run into problems with that in the past. They didn't realize that, like, this isn't our beer too. Um, but the way the raw the law is, that is their product. Okay. Um, so, you know, we would have to either host every collaboration, um, which not everybody's going to want to do, um, or get this license so that we can, additional license so we can serve it too. Okay. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun little, uh, you know, issues that go along with everything. Um, 
but just have to, to know the law. Okay. So. Well, good. All right. Well, anything else, John? Because that was pretty uh, informative. Now I have a much better idea of, of you know, just some of the licensing and the headache you got to go through just to get it all going. Yeah, no. And, you know, that's only the alcohol piece of it. That's not um, food you know, dealing with the, <laughs> the health department for the kitchen and, yeah. you know, your local governments for building permits and change of use and zoning and all of that, uh, which... Uh, knock on wood, uh, has so far has been very easy. Everybody's been easy to deal with, um, in our area. And hopefully that remains the same mm-hmm. as we complete our project. Um, but I've, I've just heard nightmare stories from people of, you know, places that don't understand what the brewery is, don't want the brewery there. So they're just fighting it, um, <laughs> on the grounds of personal preference, even though it is legal, um, to do and, and everything like that. Yeah. So, it, I'm very thankful that so far everyone's been very supportive and easy to deal with, um, and our local, um, government level. So well, good. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what, John, on that note, let's drink another beer. Are you, are you ready for I, another beer? I am ready for another beer. All right. Well, Hey, let's crack open the next beer from Sawtooth Brewery that we have some tasting notes on. This is going to be the Idaho IPA. And this, again, from Sawtooth Brewery in Wood River, Idaho. Oh, that sounded good. You got some echo in there. That's my big cavernous room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got some pouring sounds. Yeah, now this one, I'll tell you what, John, this one has a lot different head. I can tell you that right now, right off the bat. I've got a two-finger head on this sucker. Uh, That's kind of nice, so... Uh, let's give some information on this before we get into the, the tasting notes. Uh, again, from Wood River, Idaho, It's this is the American IPA. It's 6.7% alcohol, and it's 100 IPUs. Now, keep in mind, IBUs is your perceived bitterness. So our perceived bitterness on this is going to be pretty high at 100. Um, as you could tell when we were opening our cans, we got this in a 12-ounce can, and the paperwork described it as... A West Coast-style IPA made in the heart of Idaho with fresh Idaho ingredients, including Idaho barley, Idaho hops, Idaho water, and finished with a huge dry hop using Idaho's own Idaho 7 hops. So, let's start this tasting off with describing the color of our beer. And it's starting to get dark here, so I'm trying to... uh, (laughs) <laughs> accurately describe this it looks kind of like a like a honey coloring huh that's that's a good word i was trying yeah. to think of how i was going to uh describe this and that's a good word um although i can get two completely different colors depending on which light <laughs> that i i put this up to um but i i trust uh this one uh the with the the honey color yeah. better yeah it's so. kind of a honey color um now, did you pour the whole can in? I poured the whole can in, and I do have a little bit of cloudiness in there, uh, maybe from some sediment that I might have gotten. There's no, there's no um, like uh, crusties floating around in there. It just has like a, a bit of a, a of a swirly haze in there, maybe from some, um, you know, residual stuff. Do you got any haze in there? Uh, yeah, that can also be from the hops. Okay. Um, heavily hop beers will will come with a haze. Okay. So okay, and 
as we mentioned, uh, as I mentioned, uh, nice head. I got a two finger head, uh, white. It's, it's, it's a white head. Again, fine and coarse bubbles. Uh, it did dissipate pretty quickly down to a half finger head. Um, but yeah, that's the head. Anything different on your head, John? Uh, mine was actually about the same, um, same half finger. Okay. It dissipated. Um, but so far I've got nice lacing around the glass while I've been moving it around. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Nice lacing seems to be, uh, sticking to the glass pretty well. All right. Let's take a sit, a sniff of this thing and let's explain what we're smelling. I'm loving this aroma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it come it comes across really tropical. I'm getting like some pineapple. I mean, some really big pineapple notes in there. What are you What are you getting in the nose? Uh, yeah, definitely some of that tropical. A um, little bit of juicy fruit. Yeah, uh, juicy fruit. Exactly. Character. Yeah, juicy fruit. Um, but along with that, I'm getting uh, some nice uh, dank notes. Yeah. Um, a nice resinous uh, character I, coming through. I, and I agree. And that's what's interesting about this nose is right up front. I get that juicy fruit, and that was a perfect description. Juicy fruit aroma of the hops. But as I'm sniffing, the I get like a secondary of that wet, that dankness, kind of almost like a dank piney hop character at the finish of the nose, which is really weird. I'm used to smelling like one thing, but it's kind of weird that I'm getting juicy fruit up front, and then I kind of get that dank, resinous, pine uh at the at the finish of my nose, like a, like at the end of the nose, kind of weird, but nice. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a sip, John. We we already are anticipating this pretty highly from the nose, so let's go ahead and drink it. Hmm. That's tasty. Um. Yeah. Uh. More of that. The the resin stuff takes center stage for me in the in the flavor. Yeah. Uh. With the that tropical character kind of skirting around the edges. Uh, yeah, I um, agree. I agree. Here, uh, which is kind of flipped of the aroma. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree completely with you. When As soon as you take the sip, your mouth is covered in the resin, resiny wet, like uh, a dankness, the dank resiny hops. And then as that settles out, you then get more of that uh, juicy tropical flavor in there which is really it's kind of nice i like this um yeah and, and how about the fact that the wheat beer with the 18 ibus actually has more of a bitter bite to it than this ipa does uh, you know what i kind of agree with you too i was um i was definitely expecting with 100 ibus and again i said perceived um you're right i don't perceive this as a hundred um and I mean, I do, I do get some of that, uh, that bitterness lingering in my tongue a little bit, in the back of my tongue, a little bit of bitterness, but you're right. I think the wheat ale came across stronger to me, too, when I was drinking it as a bitterness. I, I don't know if I'd say the wheat ale was 100. I would say the wheat ale was probably 30, 35-ish, um, if I were to put my own bitterness rating. This one, I would say, is probably around 40 to 50, if I were to perceive it in my own you know, novice way. I'm not a professional bittering uh, agent, but um, you're right. It doesn't come across like it is really a hundred IBUs. Well, I'll put it this way. You can tell that it's there and you have an additional, you know, 2% or two, yeah, 2% 
alcohol in there, which means you've got a lot more malt that needs to be balanced out, uh, with that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's there, it just doesn't have that, that bite to it. Yeah. Um, it's very smooth. It's smooth. Yeah. That's the key. It's smooth. You're right. That's, that's the word we should have used for the beginning. It's very smooth. doesn't have a sharp bite. Um, just a note, I am drinking this, uh, warmer. Um, it has been sitting out since our first tasting. So, you know, it's throw on 30, 40 minutes of warming up. And so I'm drinking this. It's still, it's still chilled. It's not, uh, hot by any means. But I wonder if because of the fact that I'm drinking it at a nice warmer temperature, it also is making it a lot smoother, uh, where it's, it's, it's a nice drinker. And I'm just going to, Idaho seven hops, uh, to me, that hop can be done really well. If the brewer uses it correctly, it can really be a good beer. And if the brewer doesn't use it quite right, it can actually be uh, kind of a, a muddled mess of a, of a hoppy beer. And I've had experiences with this hop a lot here in, in the Boise area because a lot of breweries are using it because it is our native uh, hop that we have created here in, in the Idaho and so there's a lot of breweries that use it, and I've I've had some beers with the Idaho Seven that I I really enjoyed, and some that I really didn't like. Um, this one's done very well. I really like the way that they implemented the uh, the the character in the nose and the the character in the bittering and uh, flavor aspect. I think it's done really well, really smooth, like you said. It's not uh, not over, overly bitter sharpness. And keep in mind, we we didn't talk about. Uh, when we were talking about the the uh, the uh, coloring, I didn't mention that I don't have any bubbles coming up out of mine. Do you have any bubbles coming out of yours? I mean, there's literally no bubbles coming up. Yes, I do. You have some bubbles, but not mm-hmm. like it's not, not like rushing bubbles, right? So maybe you have you know a few here and there. It's but but I don't feel no, it's, it's consistent. Okay, well. I don't have the bubbles, but I don't feel that it's a flat beer either. It's got, it doesn't have the flatness. It actually has, uh, some of that, you know, carbonated, light, lightly, light carbonated, uh, character in, in the mouthfeel. I guess we're talking about the mouthfeel now, the body. Good, uh, medium body. Um, it's definitely not light. I, yeah. I'd say this is almost flirting like a medium full. Yeah. Um, which might come from, uh, the way the hops just coat the tongue mm-hmm. that it, it's coming across that way. It's it's almost too, like it, it's flirting the line where I'd almost be put off by the the body of the by spirit. the body being too a little bit too much, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. But I, it's not it's not quite there yet though. Yeah, it's it's almost flirting with the way that some of those, like when you have some of those triple IPAs that are just a little too heavy and too viscous. It's not. It's flirting. Like you said, it's it's getting there, but it's still at an enjoyable point where it's not over the top. There's like I didn't mention it on my. You you commented on a beer I had during the last uh, two weeks from Edge Brewing, and it was that it's so huge. Uh, trip, <laughs> I think it was a triple IPA, and that one I enjoyed. But you know what? It's like you said. It was flirting. It was it wasn't flirting on being too heavy. It was way heavy i mean a super duper heavy triple ipa 
And I enjoyed drinking it, but you know what? It was work. It was actually work to get through that thing because it was a little bit too, too heavy, too, too much of that, you know, hoppy resin in there that was just kind of weighing me down. And this one is not like that. It's, like you said, flirting, but still enough that it's, uh, I mean, I'm already down to a quarter of my glass left. So obviously it's, it's, it's not difficult to drink. I'm really enjoying this one. Um, what, what about the finish? We haven't really talked, we talked about the body. Anything more on the body you want to talk about? We kind of covered that. I don't think so. Yeah. A finish, uh, it's, it's pretty smooth. Um, but yeah, you do get that, uh, the hop coating, um, that I mentioned. And that for me is lingering. Um, not, not in a bad way. It's just there. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it's not, it's not the same refreshing finish that the, the wheat had. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That was easy to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. It does linger a little bit of bitterness on the back of your tongue, coat your tongue, coat your mouth. You do get a little bit of uh, puckering action. What do you what do you call that? Uh, astringency, maybe a little bit of yeah, astringency. Um, but it's not too much. It's not enough that drives you crazy. But there is a little bit in there. It's a little bit of, of sucking out that moisture out of your mouth. Um, yeah, but enjoyable. It's definitely not uh, off putting at all. Which brings us to the real point of our tasting note is whether or not this is a beer that you think that someone new to craft beer would enjoy is this an ipa that you might give mike to try or is this one that is a little bit uh, too much for a new person well for mike i don't think this would be tree bark <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah it, this might be a little much that the bitterness is smoother though so this could be a nice move to ipa mm-hmm. um if we're talking right out of the gate i'd say no um you know for intro to craft beer in general. Um, but I'd say this could be a nice move into IPA, uh, cause it doesn't have that, uh, more harsh, um, bitterness that, that some do. I agree. I agree with you, John. I don't necessarily would throw this beer at someone that's just trying their first craft beer might be too much, but I think it, this would be a good, a good beer to give to someone who enjoys craft beer, some of the more maltier stuff, but wants to try to engage in bitter beers. I think this is smooth enough that it gives a little bit of that bitterness, a little bit of that hot profiles. It gets it gets a good amount of the aroma of the juicy fruit and the tropical fruits in there, along with some of that dank resinous that you really enjoy and some hardcore IPAs. Uh, and it still has that smoothness that I think it wouldn't off-put somebody that was trying to get into it. So I agree with you. Maybe not for Joe Blow right out of the gate, but someone who wants to go and and extend their craft beer journey into IPAs, this would be a good one for them to try, for sure. Okay, glassware, John. I think the Willie Becker is fantastic for this. What do you think? I agree. Okay, let's go Willie Becker and get it at trekbrewing.com in the uh, go-go campaign. Very cheap Oh, Trek. Oh, Trek Beer. I blew it. Yeah, trekbeer.com. Yeah, don't go to Trek Brewing. It it is the only one that's not Trek Brewing. That's because somebody's sitting on the uh, (laughs) domain. So you want to pay the price they wanted to give you for it? I'm not going to be held ransom. Okay. So okay. All right, John. Um, Now it comes time to rate the beer again. We're using our three prong rating system, and I'll go first, John, because I don't want to put you on the spot. 
Um, I'm going to say this falls in my upper third of, uh, of beers. I like this beer a lot. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised by this one because, again, I've already mentioned that Idaho 7 hops can have a polarizing effect depending on how it's used. And I think that Sawtooth Brewery used these Idaho 7 hops in a very good way that gave us a, a solid IPA. So I'm going to say it's in my uh, upper crust. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm really enjoying this, and I'm happy that I have another one sitting in the fridge mm. uh, to go drink. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the Idaho 7 you know, can go either way. I, I wonder if that's uh, partially due to it just being a newer hop variety. Yeah. Um, and some of that's going to be volatility in the in the harvest, and some of that's going to be people figuring out how to use it. Um, I know Simcoe went through the same thing when it came on the market. True, yeah. Uh, and so they learned that you have to pull it off the vine at a certain time or mm-hmm. else it smells like cat pee in the beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and if you were the guy that got unlucky and got stuck with the cat pee version of Simcoe, you know, and you didn't know it until the finished beer, True. Well, that really sucked. Yeah, So yeah. <laughs> good, po- good point. Good point, John. And I think you're right. I think maybe the fact that it is within five years of being grown, that maybe the first ones I've had, and maybe that's why I'm enjoying more of the hop now, is that they figured out the right harvesting point. Maybe that's the key. Yeah, good point. I didn't think about that. All right. Anything else, John, about this beer? I, I mean, again, I want to thank Kevin Jones for uh, for looking out for us and sending us some beers. We really enjoyed this. Um, and any last comments, John? I'm just continuing to drink it. So I finished mine. Mine's gone. So now I'm beerless I'm really, for the rest of the show. I'm really close, but I'm trying to make it last. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, hey, let's go on, then. Let's move on from the tasting to a Check It Out segment. Again, we don't do the Check It Out segment very often, but this is the second one in a row. And what Check It Out is all about. We're, it's almost like we're going to have to find something for the next episode. Yeah, we have to, to keep, our, keep, keep our role going. Yeah. But we'd like to point out things that, you know, that, that our listeners might enjoy. New products, new websites, new books, new podcasts even. You know, I'm, I'm not against sharing other podcasts, and I've done it a number of times on the show. But right now we're going to share a Kickstarter that John was a part of, and we talked about on the show Man, what a couple years ago, I guess, John, or at least a year ago. And this is the UKEG uh, Growler. And uh, John, since you're the one that actually kickstarted the project, why don't you go ahead and explain what this UKEG uh, Growler is all about? Yeah, so uh, UKEG, uh, which I backed two years ago <laughs> um, and just received it uh, like a week and a half ago. Um, it is a uh, stainless steel uh, growler uh, that's pressurized with uh, mini CO2 cartridges uh, and has a an actual tap on the front. So you just, you know, pour your, your beer out just as if it was on any other kind of tap. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so it, it, the design is kind of cool. It's kind of a sort of steampunk-y yeah. um, design to it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was very intrigued, um, at the time I was like, oh, this would be a great way to take my homebrew places. Um, well, not really anymore. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, it took, took a long time, but, uh, so I was contacted in December, uh, with an email that said, you're next, like you're going to get your UKEG, uh, confirm your address. And I was like, oh, sweet. Uh, you know, my address is right. Yes, let's do this. And then I heard nothing. Um, and sadly this was a theme throughout the entire two years of waiting for this. I, their communication was not great. Um, they ran into some issues. They had some production issues that set things back. Then they had somebody that sued them for, uh, patent infringement, which wasn't true, which they then had to divert resources to and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so there, there were legitimate issues that, that popped up. They didn't do the best job of communicating that part of the way through. They acknowledged they didn't do the best job of communicating that and they were going to do better. And they did for a little while, but then it, it just didn't really happen. Um, and, uh, I have to say it's very annoying, um, sitting for two years, getting emails every week about sales that they're running on the UKEG <laughs> on their website and not having the UKEG that I already paid for so that they could run sales on their website. It, it's very infuriating. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it took a long time to get it. I finally got it. Um, I bought the one gallon version mm-hmm. um, because I was more envisioning this as a, I'm going to, take, you know, eight full pints of homebrew places. Um, and that <clears throat> was a nice way to, to present it and share it and, and all that. Uh, so, uh, I got mine. It comes with two of the CO2 cartridges, uh, which they say is good for two fills. Um, wait, each cartridge is two fills or one cartridge per fill? One, one cartridge per fill. Oh my gosh. Um, the cartridges, uh, aren't expensive. Um, you can get them for like 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's an added cost, but I, I have some from some homebrew stuff that I was doing. So I'm good for seven more fills okay. right now. Um, uh, so I did their recommended cleaning procedure and then immediately drove to the brewery three miles away and filled it up with some double IPA. Um, which is not cheap for a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So what did you pay for a gallon of double IPA? Uh, like 28 bucks. Oh, wow. Something like that. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's not cheap. $28? Um, well, it's, so it's, that'd be two dollars $14. Yeah. Growler but, fills. But why are growler so. fills $14? That seems way high. Because not everything's as nice when you're living in Boise. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> so come to Boise where growler fills are only $11 or $10. Yeah, it, it varies. And I could have gotten, I could have filled this for, you know, 18 bucks if I wanted to. But I was like, I like that beer and it's available right now. And I'm going to put okay. it in this because okay. this is really cool and shiny and it's awesome. <laughs> so um, that may have been a mistake. <laughs> um, and uh, I say that because I had a lot of issue with foam. Um, they, they have a booklet that comes with this and it's like, here recommended, uh, you know, pressure levels for different styles. Um, and 
it's as low as like five PSI up to 40 PSI. And my experience with my keyser and everything, like I was looking at this thing saying, I can't imagine running this higher than about five to seven PSI and not having an issue, Mm -hmm. but it's telling me to put my IPA on at 10 to 12. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. That's way too high of a pressure for the system <laughs> to not just throw out foamy pores the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I, I had foamy pores for the first third to a half. Wow. So I had foamy pores for like an entire growler worth of beer. Um, uh, okay. And when then you, I figured say- out that I should have gone with my gut and gone with five, gone with uh, five PSI and just rolled with it so okay when you say foamy pours though are you meaning like okay you have a 16 ounce glass and you know three quarters of it was foam and a quarter was beer or was it like half foam half beer three quarters oh gosh that's horrible (laughs) yes and so i finally got it to stabilize around five i'm gonna run it at five from from now on now technically that is going to slowly uh decrease the carbonation in the beer because it's, you know, it's going to even out yeah. over time, um, which is unfortunate, uh, but it is what it is. Um, so the other downside that I had is dripping, a <laughs> lot of dripping. Um, and I could have sworn they sent an email out about this uh, because people were complaining about it. And I couldn't find it, and I can't find anything about it on their site. Um, but it drips a lot. Uh, like when you finish pouring, you have to hold stand there for an additional thirty to sixty seconds to catch the drips. Um, and then if you don't, you're going to come back, and there's going to be a whole bunch of drips that have made a mess in your fridge mm. because the way it's designed, the faucet is directly above the regulator which it hits and then splatters <laughs> so i ended up just every time i was getting a beer i went to the fridge with a paper towel <laughs> and i shouldn't have to do that that sucked uh, okay now the plus side i had a gallon double, double ipa on tap in the fridge okay. for a week okay you know that's nice um and did stay fresh. Um, I did notice some of the, uh, you know, lowering in carbonation as it went. Uh, but I expected that. And, you know, if it had been a, a normal growler, it would have been completely flat by that point, Yeah, yeah. which, which it wasn't. Um, so, you know, that was good. Uh, I was hoping to have another go um, and do another fill before the show. It, it didn't work out, though. Um, but I'm going to take it, I think, Tuesday. I'll be near a different brewery that I'm going to try out because um, they have really cheap fills. Oh, good. Um, so uh, while I'm doing my testing, I'm going to try to pay less. Um, but uh, I'm also going to see how far my original cartridge can go because it still has some some uh co2 in it okay and i've already done the full like cleaning regimen um with it so we'll see it may die immediately and then i'll end up with a bunch of flat beer but that's okay uh okay so testing so here's my questions so we know that 
as the beer empties, there's more void in the growler, so you may need to increase your pressure. So is there a way for you to start off with five, drink like two cups or two glasses, and then increase it up to like seven, and then slowly increase it as the beer empties? Is that an option for you to do, or is it a all or no type setup? No, it's completely adjustable. There's a knob on the top um, that you can turn it up and down. Okay. Um, and I was just continuing to turn it down until it worked. Yeah. Um, for, so. Is, okay. So uh, what's yeah, your, you, you could, you what's your test that. plan? What's your test plan for the next batch? Are you going to try to do five and then increase it as it gets lower in volume of the beer? Um, well, from a foaming standpoint, uh, foam is all about restriction and there's only, you know, 12 inches or something of line to get to the tap. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot of line to provide restriction to, to not have a a foamy pour. Um, so you have to have it pushed at a low speed. Um, so I'm going to start out in the five to seven range. Mm -hmm. Um, I might see if seven works, um, right out the gate. Um, but uh, we'll see. I'm going to try to get it dialed in um, so I know what I'm doing from that standpoint. Okay. Okay. So, All right. So now we called this the check it out segment, or is this the not check it out segment? Do you recommend this product, or are you still on the fence whether someone should buy it or not? Um, I am still on the fence. Okay. I will say if you want to have a big reaction when you get into the brewery, uh, show up with one of these things um, <laughs> because the guys who were at the end of their happy hour when I showed up uh, with this, uh, I got a lot of F-bombs dropped of <laughs> what the uh, F is this thing and had to stand there and explain it uh, repeatedly to them. Um, and one of them actually grabbed it and walked out of the brewery. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was fun. Um, but... Uh, yeah, there was a lot of interest. One of them actually wrote down what it was because he wanted to buy one um, just from me walking in with it. Well, <laughs> so, well, there you go. Maybe you can uh, get some kickbacks. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, so kickback, just remind it. So as a uh, <laughs> Kickstarter backer, yeah, um, part of your perk is you get a special – Kickstarter backer like tap handle. Um, but you it comes with the standard one installed just because that's you know how they're coming out, you know, uh, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't change a process just for these random ones that have uh gone out. Um that tap handle is secured uh with a screw that requires the tiniest of Allen wrenches. <laughs> That they do not provide with the UKIC. Oh my gosh. So I have this tap handle sitting here, which I'd like to put on. It looks pretty cool. Uh, and I don't have the wrench for it. Wow, that's Why? Yeah. Why? Come on. Oh my gosh. So that was a huge oversight on their part. Um, and I'm not happy about it. But, uh, I don't know, maybe someday I'll buy some furniture that needs that size Allen wrench and I'll be able to put this <laughs> tap handle on. Um, 
So, you know, part of this is colored from the fact that I sat here for two years waiting while I was watching them sell them all over the place, um, you know, which they needed to do to cover their legal costs and all this other stuff. And, you know, they had had prearranged agreements with certain retailers that they would ship to them, um, which is all fine and good. But, you know, we got you off the ground. You know, you got to take care of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And from that, we are, with our campaign, we're like, well, we want to try to set the gold standard. So we're doing our best to, like, expedite all of that stuff for mm-hmm. folks. So so maybe there's some good taken out of it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, right now it's, it's, it is a wait and see. I, you know, it is, it is cool. It's a conversation piece. I think, you know, with a little time, anybody could, I mean, dial in. I mean, I had it in there partway through my growler. Um. And, you know, I had it figured out where I needed to be, at least for that beer. And I'm hoping that that will translate to the rest of the beers, you know, and now I'm, I'm good to go. So, um, you know, it, it's still going to be a, a nice way to take stuff and share. And that's where I envision it. I envision it more of sharing with folks, not as much bringing it home yeah, um, and having it sit. Uh, but that is a nice, you know, little feature as well yeah 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 you can you can fill it you can fill it full of your uh your vanilla stout and take it to the ohio uh brewer association meeting you're going to go to next week yeah Yeah. i could if if that was cold so oh it's not cold no i I have the keys are not set up oh man oh come on you gotta think ahead. You can yeah. you can make this market for yourself and show all those guys how you're brewing good beer and be be careful. Truck brewing is <laughs> coming into town. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, hope keep us updated on this thing, and uh, maybe we'll make it a, a a for sure purchase. I was excited to hear about it when it first came out, but I was, you know, I knew it took a while for you to get yours, and I was very. Uh, I mean, I was very concerned for you because you were supposed to have it like a year and a half ago, and now it's two years later, and you just now got it, and now it has it still has a few issues that you're working out. If you work those out, let us know. Yeah, I'll definitely have an update, um, but uh, and that's why I was hoping to get a second one to see if I was right about the uh, carbonation level. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just didn't work out for me to go do it okay. um, with everything else we had going on. I hear so. you. I hear you. Okay, John, you know what? You know what's going on? That uh, our show is running a little bit long. That's what's going on. So, what? L- yeah. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's hard to believe. Uh, I thought it was going to be a short show, but I didn't say that in the beginning. Notice I didn't say it in the beginning. I was just thinking that we are going to have a short show, but because we love talking about beer, it just drug on. But... Like all good things, our show must come to an end. But before we let our listeners go, I just want to give you the opportunity to raise your glass to some people. So who do you want to raise your glass to this week? Uh, Yeah, so I want to thank the folks uh, that have backed the Indiegogo campaign. Um, We're off to a good start. Got to finish strong. Uh, But thank you to uh, Wes, um, Pete, Amanda, Rob, uh, Kevin Argauer, and, and Amanda, um, and then Chris and Megan McKenzie. 
uh, for, for all back in the campaign. And if I miss somebody, I'm sorry. I was trying to keep, uh, keep the list, uh, current as, as things were progressing. Um, but, uh, yeah, shame me, shame me if I missed you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but keep in mind when recording, if, if you, if you backed it after, uh, you know, that's true. That's true. Nine thirty Eastern. Uh, I don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no problem. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks all those great people for, for supporting John and, and Kristen in their adventure, their Trek brewing adventure. And, and there's still lots of time to get your funding uh, pledge in. So go ahead and, and, and check it out. We'll have a, a link in the show notes. So just follow it and uh, help out. Yeah. And Chris has been putting it on the tap the craft Facebook page so you can see it there too. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of, uh, Lots of activity all over the place. All right, you know what? I also want to. I want to thank a few people. I want to thank Amanda for her fantastic iTunes review, um, and you know she even commented on maybe uh, you know if if you would support it, John. If they got an RV, is there RV parking at your place that they can park a RV and do a tailgater uh, party at your place? We do have a very large parking lot. Yeah. Uh, we'd have to discuss the rest of it, though. Okay. okay. <laughs> if you do have a tailgater, I might show up for that. So keep that in mind, that uh, I'm all for ta- tailgating. And uh, and I said, as long as the RV is full of people that want to drink your craft beer, then bring them. We can support it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> also, I just got to do a big cheers to my buddy Alex and my other friend Nikki who spent three days drinking with me uh, and my and my lovely wife Sarah uh, we had a great time and now I need to uh, detox before I go back to work tomorrow but it didn't help that we just powered through a bunch of beers during the show so now I need to drink some water so I can get some good sleep and go back to work tomorrow but hey I had a great <laughs> I had a great weekend and literally it's a it was a three-day weekend that didn't start as a three-day weekend, but it was fun. Nice. Also, yeah, it was good. Also, I just want to raise my glass to all the military men and women out there serving the United States military. Thank you for your service, and uh, cheers to you. And, of course, you know, we do have uh, our partnership with HopCloth. I want to raise a glass to HopCloth Apparel for particip- or for partnering up with us, and I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site and check out their creative craft beer clothing and tell them that Tap the Craft sent you. All right, and we're going to do a tasting note segment with our listeners this time. So we're letting you know ahead of time, you got two weeks to go grab a bottle of the Founders Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale. Yes, we're going to Founders Brewing. I know Founders is available in a lot of places, so I think it's a good a good beer to go for. And the Scotch Ale, hey, I love a good Scotch Ale, so let's go taste some Scotch Ale. So join along with us. And you can find the beers and the links to uh, John's Indiegogo campaign on the show notes, which is located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to uh, follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA, and you can follow Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit the website trekbeer.com. You can see all the Indiegogo stuff there. Excellent. All right, John, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We just want to thank 
all of you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, however you listen to the show, Google Play or Podbean or TuneIn, whatever. Just go download, subscribe. And as a reminder, we do release a new episode every two weeks, so don't be disappointed if you don't see one the following week. It's every two weeks. All right, guys, now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. I made it. I made it. I don't know how the ending <laughs> turned out, but it doesn't matter. I made it to the end. That was fine. Oh, that, I do like that you've pronounced Indiegogo like three, four different ways I throughout know. the entire show. I hate that. I hate that name. I want to say Indiegogo, Indiegogo, Indiegogo. I know. I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. I think it's Indiegogo, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Indie, like independent. When you when it says it's a flexible goal, does that mean that regardless of how much you earn, you're going to you're going to be able to have the money, right? Is that how that what that means? So you get to have the fifteen thousand to keep anything. No, yeah, that means that uh, no matter what, uh, the money comes to us and you get your the perks. Okay, okay, good. So that actually might be worth telling people. There's no risk that you'll put in and then just end up with a refund in like two months. Yeah. Um. You'll you'll get your stuff either way. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. I just wanted to clarify it, but so yeah, maybe next show we'll just clarify that for people because I didn't think about asking you before we started recording. Yeah, I had a, I actually had that thought as we were closing, um, as you were reading the last thing. <laughs> I really should have mentioned that no matter what, you get your stuff. So, well, we can do it now if you want. I can just I can just put it in. Okay. Okay, do it. Uh. <laughs> Just say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How are, you, how, how are you splicing it in? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. I was just, I'm on the, I'm on <laughs> the moment. I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, don't worry about it. We'll do it next show. Wait a minute. Next show will be the end of the campaign, though, won't it? Before or you can just put the outtake in. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll put the outtake in. I'll, just, I'll, I'll see yeah, how good whatever it is. You, whatever you feel like. It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, you yeah, know no I, matter what, you get your perks. Yeah. Boom. You get your perks. If you weren't yawning over that, that was a great take. That was. I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> it's it's because I got to go pee right now, so I'm just waiting to get off this call so I can go to the bathroom. Does, does having to pee make you tired? It makes me antsy. <laughs> mm. All right. I don't know. I just started with all right. <laughs> It's a, it's okay. already it's it's already off to a great start. <laughs> Okie dokie, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for craft beer. Welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, that we should do that. I shouldn't be so professional. I should just let it go. All right. <sighs> I'll cut that out. You're right. This is sneaking up on me with the burps. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> You deleting those lines pulled everything out of my view. Um, me off a little bit. What do you have? Like a six line view? Come on, man. No, I had the uh, I had my my John line right at the top, and then you deleted them, <laughs> pulled everything up.
uh, out of out of my sight. Um, <laughs> Got to stay on top. Got to stay on top, man. Yeah. yeah. I kind of blew that, but it's okay. It sounded like you were supposed to say something else. I know. I, know. <laughs> I just, I, it, yeah. It, it's what it is. It's what it is.